Hey everybody, welcome to another Radio Vice Online podcast with Jim and Jane Vicevich. Today's podcast is about the Republican chances in Connecticut in the, in the midterm elections. It's also about, what else, what's the other topic that we have? Oh, the economy. Uh, we have China, a bit of politics, a little China, bit of politics, and a little China bit of economics. The bus, bus explosion. Well, um, we'll get into all that, but let's start with first things first. Okay. One second. Um, this is Connecticut chances of winning with some kind of election. It looks like we're going to have Themis Cardis, or at least Themis wants the nomination to run against Blumenthal. And I'll, let's get Dom Pesci on the line, right? And Dom Pesci is our first guest. Hey, Jen. Hey, Don. Sorry I didn't call on the other line, but I couldn't get through on it. Oh, really? Yep. Well, this is, this is the right line you should be calling on, the okay. one you're on now. Great. Join us on the hotline right now is Connecticut, comment- Connecticut conservative columnist and Radio Vice Online contributor Don Pesci. Don, say hello to Jane. She's here with us. Hi, Don. How you Don, doing? Don, um, the first topic yeah. I want to get into since Jane's already been to one Republican event where she met the yep. Senate candidates. What are chan- what, We're not going to say the names, okay? Yep. What are, the, what are Connecticut's chances of picking up at least one congressional seat or a Senate seat, do you think? That would be Republican. Yeah, well, what do you think that? Republican chances are? Are you are you referencing the debate, the Senate debate uh, for Blumenthal's seat? No. Yes, that's no. one of them. Well, th- th- I guess that's what Jim referring to. I love I'll, play, I I'll play this part. If, if you okay, want to know who the Republican uh, candidate for Senate should be, uh, this person gives a compelling argument. This is Themis Claritas. She's running against okay. Levy and also Peter Lamar. Okay, so you did have to say the name. Okay, so right. anyways, I went to the. Uh, Wait one second here. I went to the uh, uh, Levy's. Um, uh, what do you call it? Fundraiser. Um, fundraisers, um, and I listened to her, and uh, I um, raised my hand and I said, "Okay, we all know this. We know the prices are high um, on everything. What are you going to do about it?" And. <laughs> Those people are looking at me like I was a freaking lunatic. No, don't tell me what I know. I know it. Tell, yeah, they, tell me what you're going to do about it. They all get up there and say the economy is a mess and inflation's out of control. We already know that. We go to the grocery store. We fill our cars with gasoline. Anyway, if you're looking for a compelling reason to pick Themis, she gave it in the debate yesterday. Was it yesterday? I don't know. The Channel 8 debate. Joe Biden and Dick Blumenthal have surrendered this country to the radical left. It's given us record inflation, it's given us open borders where fentanyl flows through our streets, and it's given us an unsafe place to live because of defunding the police. That's the fifth time you've said, do you want to say it five more times? Or let me run the show? I'll say it 50 times. Go ahead. Would you let me run the show, please? Sure, go run ahead. Joe Biden and Dick Blumenthal have surrendered this country to the radical left. It's given us record inflation, it's given us open borders where fentanyl flows through our streets, and it's given us an unsafe place to live because of defunding the police. I, we need change, and we need desperate change. I am a loudmouth Greek girl, and I am the best candidate here to beat Dick Blumenthal and take on the fight 
for the radical left. I have won 11 elections. I am a proven winner. I am a proven fighter for lower taxes, for r real spending cuts. Uh, all the, everything aside, uh, that's the most compelling reason to pick uh, uh, Themis Clark. Is that she's experienced. What is, what is the most she runs, compelling? She runs. She's so did, did she? And she wins when she runs. Did she give you an explanation of what she's going to do? I want to know the answer. Nobody's giving me the answer. Okay, but if they're yeah. uh, if they're all the same, then at least Themis has experience. Themis, and Themis has better chance and wins. Uh, okay, Don, Don, what do you think? You jump in, Don. We have yeah. you on here for your opinion. Well, I, I think she, you know, she hit all the hot buttons there uh, in that in that particular uh, clip that you uh, ran off there. I don't think you can expect um, in a three-way debate that's you know where the time is foreshortened. I don't think you can expect to hear from any of these candidates. Uh, what they plan to do about inflation, really what you have to do is stop spending money. Um, so you have to stop spending money and you have to uh, open up uh, oil uh, supplies so that you drive down at least energy costs. You know, there's lots and lots of things uh, you can do. Um, so I think Clemens is, um, I think she's um, used to politics. You know, the other the other two uh, candidates for Blumenthal's seat uh, aren't really uh, used to being in being in what Teddy Roosevelt called the ring, you know, the fighters' ring. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think she is, and what she says about herself uh, that she's that she's <laughs> a fighter and a and a Greek and doesn't take no for an answer is all true. She's uh, been that way for a long time. She was that way in the state legislature and. You know, people don't change their characters when they move from uh, position to position. So I think she'd be, you know, a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, U.S. senator. Well, um, she really ticked me off at one of the um, what do you call those again? Uh, fundraisers. Fundraisers. Um, I asked her about the um, the um, New Yorkers moving into Connecticut and. Um, the buying properties and screwing up our um, no, local governments, market, our markets. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she said she had very unpleasant response, but I think she has better chance. And if we are running three candidates, Jim said it before. He asked people, "If you're splitting the party, um, you're not going. To, you're not going to succeed." Well, here's what here's what the lay of the land is right now. I think uh, Themis has enough money to put up a, a pretty good campaign against uh, Blumenthal. I know positively that Levy has enough money to do a pretty good job. Uh, um, Peter, I'm not. I'm really not quite so sure. He has in the past. He has raised quite a bit of money. I think he raised about four hundred thousand dollars. Uh, during one of his last uh, campaigns. So money-wise, I think Clemens, I, I think uh, in this order, Levy, uh, uh, Clemens, and uh, and then... Uh, um, Themis. And, yeah. Uh, so um, that's money. 
as far as messaging goes, um, I think Clemis is a little weak on uh, abortion. Uh, she she always has uh, she always has tended to drift to uh, the pro-choice uh, side in in the matter of abortion. I don't see her abandoning. Uh, abandoning that position anytime <clears throat> soon. She's strong on gun rights. <clears throat> she has uh, she has been endorsed by various police uh, departments, which is uh, you know very good. Um, so that's all uh, to the good uh, for her. Uh, so you know I I would say she has a pretty good she has a pretty good chance of uh, winning the primary. Uh, the only open question is, <clears throat> if she wins, what are the other two candidates then going to do? Levy has, you know, she has enough money to, uh, to. Uh, yeah, but that would kill any any uh, establisher Republican candidate, or the nominee would kill the nominee. They'd have no chance against Blumenthal. Not that anybody has a chance against right. him right now. We have now. to stand behind one candidate. That's what we have. Oh to yeah, do. no, I know. I'm just. Sketching what the possibilities are if uh, Femis does win, you know the primary vote. Um, it, she can, she still can be challenged by anyone who has enough money to uh, challenge her, uh, who can then run on an independent ticket. I don't. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't know that it will. I have no indication that that will happen. Yeah, but Don, but I'm telling a, you, if, if if you're talking to these, um, is that live? It's not. I told you it's not. Anyways, um, if you're talking to these um, candidates um, and they don't have answers for you and all of a sudden everybody goes silent because you said something, people are shocked. People are shocked realizing that they don't have answers. So I don't care how much money you have. Um, Themis is our best, uh, as much as she ticked me off, she's our best opinion uh, option i would say in connecticut well let me let yes, me sir. talk just for a second about blumenthal because Ugh. he's he's yeah go ahead he's a democratic candidate so blumenthal um, has a strong and his weak points one of his strong points is that over the years uh, he's been able to curry favor with uh, pretty pretty much all the uh, news uh, sources uh, in the state of Connecticut because he's done business with them for the past, uh, say, 24 years. So Don, I have to interrupt you for one second, Don. I have to send out a plea yeah. to our audience. Does our audience see us live right now? Um, you have to call one of the other uh, phone line to tell us because we don't have a uh, chat feed here. The line is 888-2101-860-888. Just one call saying you can see us live, 860-888-2101, 860-888-2101. Go ahead, Don. We just have no confirmation my, right my, now that we're alive. My kids were taking use of my um, equipment, so I don't know what the hell they did. <laughs> Go ahead, Don. Right, so I'm sorry. Just to, just to continue with uh, yes, Blumenthal, that's a point in his favor. You know, he has, a, <clears throat> he has managed to... Uh, uh, nuzzle up uh, affectionately to uh, to, uh, to the states, um, the states, most of the states' uh, reporters and political commentators. So that's that's on his favor. Uh, he's very weak on abortion uh, because uh, he has uh, he has uh, 
said no on bills that would prohibit late-term abortion. So he's he's weak. He's very weak there. I've I've called him the uh, senator from Planned Parenthood, and that's what he is. He gets a lot of his money from Planned Parenthood, and he uh, he's. Huge. He's hewed to their line on abortion consistently throughout his entire career. So he's weak. He's a little weak there. Um, he's um, uh, he, there's going to be a problem with uh, with with uh, Biden. Okay, if the Republicans seriously start attacking start attacking Biden, uh, I, I I can't imagine what Blumenthal could say to defend it, because he's opened the borders when when uh, President Trump had closed them. Uh, he spent a lot of money, which uh, stokes the fires of uh, inflation. People are now saying we're already in a recession. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, hasn't said anything about uh, uh, about Biden's uh, withdrawal, clumsy withdrawal from Afghanistan, where he left uh, Americans uh, in 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 the country and turned o- basically turned over the country to uh, the Taliban to uh, the Taliban organization, which the United States considers to be, you know, a terrorist organization. So all that stuff is all that stuff is pretty bad. Uh, and Blumenthal has all along uh, voted uh, pretty much uh, in favor of anything that Biden wants. So the, the best thing that a Republican, uh, who, who, that a single Republican is running against Blumenthal can do is to confront him with uh, the Biden specter. Okay, just ask him, you know, do you support this? Do you support that? You know, why haven't you said this? Why haven't you said that? That would be a, that would be a real good uh, approach, to a, approach to a campaign. Um, well, who, um, what's going on with Biden anyways? Do you know, is he still, well, you know, Biden says, uh, he's going to run for office. There are people yeah, but uh, he, within you the, heard, Demi- you, you heard about his COVID, right? About his, um, yeah. two shots yeah. and three boosters or how many boosters he had. So what the heck is going on with that? Now they want to uh, hey. vaccinate kids. He, he's actually taking uh, he's taking a medicine. I think he's oh the one five, that that uh, that uh, uh, President Trump recommended. They that's right. they renamed it. They they put all those three together probably renamed it, and now it's uh, going to be by on Biden's um, list of accomplishments, right? Dean, when 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 you're in political trouble, mm. the best thing you can do is to rename something. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. They're, they're already renaming or redefining, actually, a recession. Well, there you they're go. Redefin- uh, bring it up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so you have to you have to mention all these things and you have to be a little severe. You know, you have to be a little combative. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's the problem with Blumenthal. Uh, when Blumenthal gets into political trouble, he heads for the flower pots, he heads for the bushes and he doesn't come out. So, uh, you know, it's up to him to decide how many debates he'll have with, let's say, uh, feminist clarities. Okay, one, two, <laughs> three. How many? You know, that's entirely up to him. Uh, so he can hide. He can 
he can run and hide. You know, that, that old saying, you can run but can't hide in politics is not true. Uh, Blumenthal can do both. So if he does that, it, it's going to be very curious to see what the media will do about a foreshortened uh, campaign, you know, about Blumenthal hiding behind the flower pots and refusing to, uh, refusing to engage, let's say, feminist clarity in an honest debate on the issues. Because that's what they, that the, the media in Connecticut, that's what they want. They're all in favor of debates and transparency and saying what you mean and all the rest of that stuff. So it should be interesting to see what happens there. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I have to bring this up again. Do you remember that video where he was opening a train station? Oh, yeah. Maybe they can yeah. get him a little closer. <laughs> Sorry. He was standing standing <laughs> by uh, his, uh, you know, his sign there. And that, that train just... <laughs> Very, very close to him, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's awful of me to say so, but um, hey, I didn't do it. I didn't suggest it, but um, it, no. was, it was pretty freaking funny. Come on. It, it was hilarious. I mean, people did think it was funny. You know, Blumenthal during his uh, twenty, I don't let's say twenty-five years in public life has made only one joke about himself. Just one. Uh, well, uh, he, oh, oh, the joke that that he went to Vietnam is that the one. That's not joke? a joke. Huh? Is that a joke? <laughs> no, no. I hey, know. I know. I'm just kidding. Somebody, somebody, Let's watch this. somebody would. Somebody well, first, let me convey that uh, these. Sorry, forget that. Go ahead. So, go ahead. And a, some a reporter, you know, who had his eyes opened and, and was watching things uh, 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 during Bloomfall's 20 years and. You know, Attorney General's office in his uh, term in the Senate uh, asked him, you know, was saying to him, you know, gee, you, you appear a lot, you know, in the state of Connecticut. You know, there's the old saying, there's no no place more dangerous than the spot between Blumenthal and a TV camera. camera. Yep. So Blumenthal said, well, I've been known uh, to attend garage door opening, <laughs> which actually was a pretty good joke. You know, it was pretty funny at his own expense. But that's it. That's the only joke he's ever made. Uh, so he has a character problem. Blumenthal oh, has a character problem. Really? Uh, you know, he tends to be stiff uh, in debates. He's not all like Trump. Trump, you know, Trump is the Trump is the uh, uh, is a kind of glad hander that uh, probably can walk into a bar and uh, talk to everybody, uh, you know, at the bar before he leaves. Uh, the thing, and uh, you know, no, there's no trouble at all. Bloomfield is not like that. He's standoffish. And Don, uh, maybe I can get you to comment on this soundbite. This is Kamala Harris. She was opening up a conference celebrating the anniversary of the passage of the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here's what right. she had to say at the conference. Mm. We welcome these ladies for coming in and have this very important discussion. Um, about some of the most pressing issues okay. of our time. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. I, Kamala Harris, should be very careful not to use a pronoun. That's how far we've come that she has to actually apologize for being a woman or describe that she's a woman. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering what she, what she would say if, uh, you know, the Republican uh, who asked the uh, who asked the 
communications are, you know, what, what a woman is. Or, or it wasn't that it was Supreme Court, <laughs> the new Supreme Court justice. She asked her, you know, what's a woman? And, and she was befuddled. But, uh, you know, I sometimes wonder what uh, uh, Kamala Harris would say uh, if somebody asked her the same the same question. You know, what is it about these people, Jim? I mean, haven't they, haven't they, you know, they've been in office. Biden has been in office his entire life, 50 years, half a century. So why is it that after you've heard everything that Biden has said politically, none of it is quotable, except the funny parts, they're quotable. The, the unintended funny parts, those are quotable, but plus, nothing. You plus know, what's the Kamala, matter with these plus Kamala called him uh, racist, don't you remember? Yeah, I do remember, yeah. Okay. That was during their... Yeah. I, think she, I think she still holds to that. Well, I don't know what she holds to. I, she still didn't go to the border. Did she go to Europe? Uh, she, she has go- gone to the border. She did? Yep, she finally got to the border. What did she do over there? Nothing. Okay. Um, it was really uneventful. wasn't even a photo stayed, op. What, Don? She stayed very far away from all the problems at the border. Uh, though, when oh, she well, she's probably afraid of chick- of the monkeypox. Sorry, yeah. but it's a fact. It is a fact. You, you can ask doctors oh, on Fox News. They said where it's coming from. And they already have a vaccine for it? That is yeah. amazing. I never heard about it before. Have you? Well, here's what I mean, though, uh, Jane. Uh, you know, you can quote almost every president. Every president is quotable to some extent. You know, there's mm. Lincoln, you know, four score and seven years ago and all the rest of that stuff. And... <clears throat> And uh, there's, um, uh, you know, Woodrow Wilson, he's quotable. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's uh, even Cal Coolidge, Silent Cal, he's quotable, you know. But so I'm going to give that, that number one more time. Anybody who's lo- looking, if they can hear us at all, 888-2101, 888-2101, We might actually have to call some one of our viewers. No, we don't have to call anybody. Don, go ahead. Don, go ahead. I'm just wondering if it means anything what? that uh, these the, that modern politicians are, you know, nobody's ever going to remember what they say, that, that nothing they say is quotable. Does that mean something? What does it mean? Does it mean they haven't thought deeply about uh, political issues? Uh, does it mean they, they have no, no general command of the English language? Does it mean they hate poetry? What does it mean? It doesn't you know, even that, mean that, that it, it doesn't even mean that they wrote the quote. Well, yeah, that's part of it, Jane. Part of it is somebody else is doing is writing for. They have writers, and they're just reading off uh, off a monitor. You know, that's that's, that's part it. of the problem. Yeah, it is part of the problem. Uh, they yeah. don't write this. It doesn't matter. They don't write it. Biden can't even read it correctly off the off the teleprompter. Well, he actually right. has to be told where to sit. He's given right. cards on what to do and things like that. You know, Jim. Maybe if they if they read more Lincoln uh, Lincoln Douglas debates and and listened a little less to uh, Twitter, they they would be they would be more quotable. Don, I'm sorry, we got to move along. Our, our next guest coming up. Or go read Marx. Right, uh, Don. We're going to play some applause for you, so don't go away just yet. Thank you for coming on in such short notice. Don, you're the best. Thank you, Don. Okay. It's good talking to you, Good too. talking you to you, Don. Keep punching, Jim. Thanks, Don. 
We'll keep trying. He's doing all right. Eventually, I'll get this right. Have a good day, Don. Thanks, Don. Yeah, we'll see you again. Okay, bye. Okay, let me see. Anyways, may I say something? Sure, I just have to line up our next I cannot. I have three people in the room. I cannot even see their quotes for now. So you see three people live right now. Yeah, but I, I cannot share. I cannot share. Do you understand that part? So you need to get your ass in gear and start doing your preparation. I did a lot of preparation anyway, for the show. If anybody wants to con- uh, 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 comment, we're going to have Jonathan Honig. Jonathan Honig. Honig. I'm regular with Fox News. We have. He's a hedge fund manager. He's going to be joining us talking about the possibility of a recession. If anybody's listening to me, just listen to me for a second. We have the China. Um, it's an inflirtation in, into our um, bank system. They actually captured one of our uh, bank people. W- who did they catch? Oh, they actually were going to... Um, no, they actually... I don't know if they, the article said they actually caught him, but they were, their plan was to... Uh, interrogate him. To hold a Federal Reserve economist captive so they could... Get the inner workings, uh, inside workings of how our Federal Reserve controls our monetary system. That's one. Then we have the bus explosions. Did you hear about it in Hamden? Uh, the uh, electric bus. The electric bus is uh, the more fire. Is, is more dangerous bus. because you have two different. Um, you have two different. You have the electricity and you have gas. Um. Very dangerous, very hard to put out. Well, the uh, ion lithium lithium batteries make make for difficult fire to extinguish, but these batteries tend to explode. And they're causing more the pollution. They're causing more pollution. They, when they do, they be- cause more dangerous pollution than anything a gasoline bus could have done. So, so once imagine, again, the, the imagine greenies. if kids were on a bus. That was it. Was a school bus? I, no, it was okay, not. I've got to go bus. right to Jonathan. Sorry. Then go. It was not a school bus. I'm just gonna keep talking until we get him. But it was not a school bus, and it was in a parking lot. But imagine if people were on the bus. Much worse if it was kids. I'm going, Jonathan. Obviously, yeah. Now. Are you sure you were supposed to call him at the time? Please leave me a message. Yeah, there you go. It. At the tone, please record your message. Okay. When you have finished recording, up. you may hang, hang up. up. Try it again. Uh, I think you were on the wrong time schedule. No, Anyways, no, no, no. Why is it always my fault? I don't. I don't schedule this stuff. I make food in the kitchen and then clean up the kitchen and clean up the living room and the dog poop. That's why it's your fault. I'm sending him a text message. Anyways, um, I cannot share for some reason today. I can't. There's just no way. I don't know what he did this time or what my kids did with my iPad. Somebody did something. I don't change anything. Um, again, if you want to call... 860-202. No, it's not 202. It's 888-2101. What's, I'll type it in. What's the interview um, line? 
just so I could send it to him. The what? The interview line. It's 60888. Is that it? It's right in front of you. It's definitely not 2101. Anyways, if anybody wants to save me, help me out, save him. Um, so anyways, we have Brittany Griner. She is the um, basketball player that is um, in prison in, um, in Russia. Um, do you know plot is it's this as well besides what they are telling you it is i roll it on my kids it's for pain cbd is part of pot hi it's jonathan honig please leave me a message after yeah the- you're not at getting- the tone please record your message when you have finished recording you may hang up or press one for more options Jonathan, it's Jim Vicich. I'm trying to call you for the podcast, but you're not picking up and not answering. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Okay. So now you carry on. Okay, I'll carry on. Uh, here's Joe Biden on the possibility of a recession. Here's what he had to say. I don't think we're going to, uh, God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. God willing. To which Dagan McDowell said this from the five. Dagan said, Dagan came back with this. Um, The American people know the hardship they're facing, and it would best be expressed through some hand gestures that I'm not allowed to make on national TV. But when Joe Biden says, God willing, that's really all the White House is left with. They're just going to sit around and maybe pray that we don't wind up in a recession because their economic policies from day one, which they laid out on the campaign trail, are literally dumpster hot dish, garbage goulash. They are a failure in deed and even word that this is all that they can try and uh, serve up to the American people is, no, 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 no. Um, here's the real, here's a real recession, even though the economy contracted in the first quarter. She's right about that. It contracted in the first quarter, and if it contracts in the second quarter, you have the exact definition of a recession. It looks like that's what we're going to get. Here's Jared Bernstein. He's the president's chief economic advisor. Here's what Jared Bernstein had to say about the possibility of two consecutive quarters indicating a recession. Uh, you know, the idea that uh, two quarters of negative GDP growth is a technical definition of a recession is wrong. And I think one of the things we tried to point out in that blog is that the, the folks who actually make that call, the Business Cycle Dating Committee, they look at a set of variables, some of which, as Steve underscored, uh, remain quite strong. Uh, now, when you talk about... So Jared Bernstein said it's wrong when you say the technical definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Well, that's what I learned when I studied economics. Would you trust Jared Bernstein? Let me tell you something about Jared Bernstein. He's not an economist, even though he's Joe Biden's chief economist. In fact, does Jared Bernstein have a bachelor's degree in economics? No. Does he have a master's? No. What's his degree in? His degree is in music, believe it or not. 
And his PhD, he has a PhD, though. His PhD is in social work. Did he go to the same class as the bartender? What bartender? You know exactly who I'm talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. One of the quads. Oh, um, no. I was, I, I, you mean uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Sandy Cortez. Uh, no, he didn't go to that school, but he, he didn't even get an undergraduate degree in economics. Did she? I don't. Yeah, she did, and but uh, he didn't. So he has your chief economic advisor to the president. His degree is in music and in social work, not in economics at all. So that's the guy who says that the definition that they're bending about right now is wrong, and you're going to trust him. Uh, you know, the idea that uh, two quarters of negative GDP growth is a technical definition of a recession is wrong. And I think one of the things. So if you don't like the direction of the economy, don't do something about it. Just change the definition. That's like when justice. Okay, what's Br the definition? The definition that I was always taught is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. What is the new definition? Well, they haven't defined. They haven't given us their definition. Oh, they're working on it. They apparently are working on it. Like, if you don't like the definition of a woman, just change that. Here's Justice Brown, what she had to say during her hearing. So where she couldn't provide a simple definition of a woman. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word I'm woman. not a biologist. Can I can I point something out? Actually, she's she's actually she's got something over there. What you got? Uh can you provide definition of female? How is that? Would that be a little bit more um, reasonable? Maybe maybe some, well, you're all giving people a lot of credit today. Pardon me. Giving people credit today. I'm not giving credit. I'm not giving credit. But if you don't like something in the Democratic Party, don't do something about changing it. Just change the definition. In communism, did they do? Did they play with language in communism, Jane? Yes. What would they do there? How do you change definition of a female? How do you change that? Woman is not. De it's not definite. Well, how do you change the definition of recession? What? How do you change the definition of recession? You're okay. I, I will say dirty word. Your economy is bombing, <laughs> and you're printing money. That would be recession. Your economy is bombing. Look, any person who goes to the grocery store and go, fills up their tank of gas knows we're in a recession. When you're choosing between going to work. And putting food on the table, that's a recession. Yeah, that's what I just said, didn't I? Yep. So you're just printing, you're just printing uh, funny money. Uh, it's not going to do anything for anybody. Uh, you're selling uh, our, um, our gasoline to China, and you're going to beg for gasoline from Saudi Arabia. I'm going to praise... I paraphrase Ronald Reagan with this one when he was running against Jimmy Carter during a, a similar economy. Ronald Reagan said, recession is when your your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. And recovery is when, he said in this case, Jimmy Carter loses his job. In our case, recovery is when Joe Biden loses his job.
So a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. And recovery is when Joe Biden loses his job. Okay, so can we throw depression in there? Absolutely. A depression well, then, is when you lose your job. Um, well, hopefully you were smart enough to save money or... This generation doesn't save Food money. or something, okay. This generation goes paycheck to paycheck. We've been going like that for a while, I would say. So Jared Bernstein defines, redefines recession, and he's not an economist. He doesn't even have an undergraduate degree in economics or a master's degree or a PhD. He has nothing. And what does it matter? I made more money without going to... To the same school that the girl that was making, that was doing the same job that I was doing. I made more money than she did. So you tell me about the money. Tell me that part. Just because you have a piece of paper doesn't mean shit. I just said it. It doesn't mean anything just because you have a piece of paper. No, and I you can't actually, do economic forecasting if you don't know how to do it, can you? I, I'm sorry? You can't do economic forecasting. I've done forecasting. pretty good economically, haven't I? I said economic forecasting. Uh, you cannot forecast economics just like you cannot forecast weather. They don't know what's going to happen between two hours. They don't know. They will try to forecast. Well, wouldn't you at least hope that your chief economic advisor has a degree no. in economics? You wouldn't nope. hope that? Nope. So you don't care if they're dumber than a sack of rocks? Uh, do you think I'm dumber than a sucker rock? No, I don't think you're dumber well, than a sucker But then why did you rocks. put it up? But do I think Jared no. Bernstein is? I think he might I be. I don't care. I don't care. You have to do research for yourself on everything. Health, economics, house market. You have to do it yourself. You cannot trust people because they will want to put money in their pocket. I'm going to drag they don't give it one more time. Dip. They don't give a, They don't give you have to do it yourselves. Same thing about um, it. It's a lot of things that, and it's you know if if they're gonna come at you or oh did you do it on the internet? No, I did it in in the in um, what is it called the book the book um thing. What book thing? Hi, Please leave me a message. He's not gonna come on. He's not. Um, what do you call the big book billing? Okay. The library. Thank you. I'm losing it. Anyways, uh, you have to do your research any which way you're gonna do it. If you if you don't believe what's on the internet, then you go to the library. Um, you can talk to people, but you do your own research. It is important that you do it for yourself because you're responsible for yourself. I don't care what people tell you. I don't care. How much money you have to pay them? I don't trust. I don't trust anybody. I just don't because of where I come from, and I'm done because nobody's talking to us. Is there anybody There's out only there? four people. I cannot. I cannot share. I don't know why. I told you multiple times. Yes, I can tell you one more time. There's. Just, it's not shareable. I don't know what you did. What do you mean? What I did? Uh it's either one of the buttheads from upstairs took my iPad, or you. So I'm just telling you, I cannot share. And nobody is helping me out here. 
Well, nobody's, maybe I'm going to give Neil a call. Why? Because maybe he's out there and he can tell Okay, I'm going to go something. heat up my soup and I'm out of here. Um, I gave you the, um, oh, by the way, the Hong Kong with the China. What do you guys think about that? Um, that has been going on for a while. And we had actually small, small delegation from Czech going into Hong Kong, acknowledging them as a country. And the Chinese were really ticked off about that. And Czech is not a big country. But they were acknowledged at least by one country. I don't know if anybody else went in, in there. Excuse me. Let's see if Sam is watching. You know what, Jim? I'm done. Jim, where'd you go? Uh, away. Why? Because you're pissing me off. Okay, could you come back for a second? No. Play your closing no. music. Um, I'm just looking for the closing music. Uh, if somebody out there is listening, they can hear us. Uh, give me a call, 860 860-888-2101. 860-888-2101. 860-888-2101. 860-996-0308. I'll find it here sooner or later. Uh, Give me a break, Jane. Come back for a second. Jane? Jane, come on, give me a break. Come on back. Jane. Yeah, I don't even get a cry here. Looks like we're going to have to just end this. Um, I won't back down. I'll always stand for a smaller, leaner, less intrusive government. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Have a good day. We'll see you next Wednesday. Hopefully, I'll get this straight so I won't get beat up by my producer here.
Everybody, see you next Wednesday. Hopefully, Jen and I will patch things up by then. Four o'clock. Well, uh, don't also do not forget to um, call one of our lines when we're not on the air and leave your your thoughts. We'll play it on the next podcast. Just leave a message in the voicemail box and we'll play it. Try and keep it clean the best you can. And also, don't forget to subscribe to one of our podcasts. That's how we monetize. Right at the top of the Radio Vice Online page, pick the platform that you like the most, whether it's Google Play or Apple or Spotify or Podbean. We're on all the major platforms. My guest right now is Jonathan Honig, a frequent guest on Fox News with Neil Cavuto. Jonathan, what's the show you appear on the most? Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm usually on with Stuart Varney on Friday morning, Jim, and I'm also on, as you said, with Neil Cavuto Monday during the day very frequently. So you can catch me with Kennedy and uh, very frequently on the weekends on Fox News Channel as well. So, you know, the economy, especially these days, there's, <laughs> you could start talking and never stop given all that's going on. Well, that's a fact. And um, uh, what do you think? What are the odds we had into a recession? You know, I, I think it's irrelevant, Jim. I mean, every, this whole notion of the, you know, the strict definition is relatively arbitrary. Talk to everyday Americans, even so-called wealthy, uh, you know, the well-to-do. Everyone is feeling it. Sixty percent of Americans think we're already in a recession. Eighty percent are cutting back on their purchases. More than half are trading down in terms of, you know, the merchandise they buy. They're going from, you know, good beer to cheap beer or whatever it is. So. Everyday Americans, and it's not because they're crazy or it's all in their heads. You know, we have Fed official after government official keeps saying, no, the economy's strong. So, you know, you've got Jamie Dimon, Elon Musk uh, uh, saying that they're worried, they're concerned. Every big company raising cash and uh, everyday Americans now getting more and more into debt. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like the old saying, don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. I mean, people <laughs> are feeling, feeling the pressure and uh, whether it's a recession or not. Let me set, play a soundbite for you from Joe Biden. Get you to comment on it. Here's Joe Biden speaking to the press at the Oval Office. I think we're going to. Uh, God. I'm sorry. Let me see oh, if I can play that again. I don't think we're going to. Uh, God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. God willing, you don't think we're going to see a recession? His comment is God willing, Jonathan. That's the best <laughs> he can offer us. Funny, there was an old famous trader. Jim, who people would used to say, oh, I'm praying to God that my my trade comes back. And he would say, kid, God doesn't trade bonds. <laughs> and God has nothing to do with recession. You know, recession, inflation, uh, this is caused by government. It's caused by government intervention in the economy. Uh, that's what the inflation was caused by. And it's only government that can fix it. God's not going to have anything to do with it. I mean, if, if Biden really wanted to do something, he could talk about maybe even doing some of what Carter did. You know, Carter late in his term cut some taxes. He de- deregulated big parts of the economy, and there was talk of of cutting back government spending. So Biden's doing none of that. He's, I guess, praying to God, and with all you know respect to God, that's not going to do much. It isn't going to do much. 
certainly isn't going to prevent a recession. And if that's the White House's only hope, we're in trouble. But let me get you to comment on this, too. This is Jared Bernstein, who has no degree in economics, so he's not an economist. But he's, uh, sorry, do you have to go? Jonathan, is that you? I'm sorry, Jonathan, do you have to go? Jonathan? Sorry, do you have to go? No, 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 I'm still here. Okay, great. It looks like I thought I lost you for a second. No, I mean, it's, Biden is doing everything to prolong a downturn. Um, you know, it's not an inevitability, but unless government, which created the inflation, gets it under control, uh, this, you know, this could turn a mild recession into a, theoretically a Great Depression or worse. How could that happen? In other words, if you keep spending, do they have to stop yeah. the spending, or how does he cure this? How does he keep the? How does he bring down inflation and stop and without causing a recession? Well, I mean, Jim, the recession is already here, and people are already feeling it. Um, how do you fix inflation? Is by stopping the cause of it. Inflation is not greedy CEOs or a rise in oil prices. It's a result of prolificate expansion of the money supply. And, you know, there's some stats which were bandied about for, you know, better part of a year about a third or whatnot of all the money created in circulation that was created in the last year, two, three years in the pandemic. There's no such thing as a free lunch. We know this from basic economics. Every high school kid knows this in economics. And what, what we're seeing now is, is that inflation and, and that impending recession, uh, whether government wants to admit it or not. What Biden could do is first and foremost cut back dramatically on government spending. Uh, that would, uh, you know, and with the assistance of Congress, obviously, that would help bring down inflation in the near term. And deregulating would really help bring down prices and increase efficiency in the long term. I mean, you know, Jim, the fact we travel now—I know travel is a bummer in many ways—but flight travel is air travel is cheap now compared to what it was in the '70s because once they deregulated airfare stock commission, trucking, all the prices in those industries came down. So there's a lot Biden could do. I mean, sell the post office, deregulate uh, public education. Uh, there's a lot he could do to really jumpstart the economy. But it's, that's not his philosophy, and it's not what he'll do. Uh, so, Jonathan, you think this has the possibility, possibility of becoming a very bad recession, possibly a depression? Well, I mean, it, it if you look at history, Jim, the inflation in what we think of as peaking in the 1970s, I mean, that, that was after basically 10 years. You know, I mean, the, the market went up 50% in 1970. It went down 50% in 1974. And by 1980, it was still below where it was in 1968. So, you know, I'm not even... What I'm worried worried about is that that period, and you know, even was used in I believe some of the Fed language today, that period of stagflation. The economy goes nowhere, and because someone has to pay, Jim, there's no free lunch. The Federal Reserve isn't like a you know magician, uh, Wizard of Oz behind the, the 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 curtain that could just make everything right with the right interest rates. You know, we are paying for it now every day in lower quality of life, and that's what every American at every level is feeling. Whether you're an investor, a consumer a CEO or an hourly worker. Everybody, everybody's had to cut back. 
In other words, people are already acting as if their job is on the line. Absolutely. They're they're cutting back. They have cut back. I mean, they've seen some of the worst investment performance in years when it comes to their bond investments. I mean, Jim, people who did, you know, bought safe government bonds, you know, and I'm an investor over at CapitalState.com. People who bought safe government bonds have lost 15, 18% of their money this year. And that's on on a government bond. Let me tell my audience who we're talking to. Once again, we're talking to Jonathan Honig, a uh, purveyor and manager of Capitalist Pig and a hedge fund, a Capitalist Pig, and you can go read about it at capitalistpig.com. Jonathan Hart, again, you can see him on Saturday morning on Fox Business Channel and also with Neil Cavuto. When, when are you on with Neil now? Uh, oh, I'll be on with Stuart tomorrow, uh, Friday morning. Friday morning, okay. That's on Fox News, correct? Uh, Fox Business. Fox Stuart Varney and Fox Business. Yep, absolutely. And and you know it, you know it, it's it's a real frustrating time, Jim, in America. Uh, you know it's reflected in in the economy in particular. It's reflected in some of the lowest optimism and the highest pessimism numbers about the economy. Some of the highest cash holdings. You know people are hoarding cash like really they, we haven't seen in decades. So people I think are rightfully uh, uh, frightened. You know when they see the breakdown of the supply chain when they see, uh, you know, a meal that used to cost nine ninety nine is now fourteen ninety nine, and they've got you know four or five or six kids to feed, and their even their four percent increase uh, at work in terms of their pay isn't keeping up with the eight or nine percent increase in the cost of inflation. When you have People to decide whether worried. you're going to go to work or put food on your table, in other words, put gas in my card to go to work or, or put food on the table. And people are making that decision right now. That's And, and, and what's, what's frustrating, Jim, is the, the response from government is more money printing, more special favors, you know, well, you have to give a little gas tax uh, to this one and hurt the oil companies over here and, take some of their money and put it over there. There's even talk of price controls. I mean, if that's the direction we go in, Jim, and it's, you know, it's up to government. You know, it's not inevitable. I mean, government doesn't run the economy, but it can sure as hell uh, uh, retard it. It can sure as hell curtail it. Well, big government, all the, big government right. always figures that more government is the answer to everything. Yeah, well, and, and you know, when it, government is really good at being a policeman. I mean, that's, that's government. I believe I'm kind of paraphrasing Abraham Lincoln. You know, government is force. That's what it is. And that's important in society, but it's important that it be regulated to the areas where people need protection, like having their things stolen and having their lives threatened. Um, you know, the only the, the private free market can succeed and only government can inflate the currency. I think that's what's so frustrating, Jim. People have been saving and saving for years. Finally, they've got, you know, half a million dollars. Maybe they have three quarters of a million dollars, and they're realizing, thanks to inflation, that ain't shit anymore. Excuse my French. Absolutely. So now they're figuring out once more that if the government takes money from my pocket and gives it to them, that doesn't make the economy any bigger or any better. No, and in fact, it just increases all that expense and decreases all that productivity. I mean, it's over and over again, and Jim, even if you think about something as benign as uh, the minimum wage, which, you know, who, what kind of a SOB would be against raising the minimum wage? Because, you know, you want to look like a good guy with a, polit- as a politician, you want to look very benevolent, but, you know, they don't understand 
you know, economics is all about the second and third level effects. So they see the employee getting paid more, but they don't see all the individuals not being hired as a result. Uh, or they, you know, increase spending with the Paycheck Protection Program, and they don't see all the layoffs. You know, here we are a year later, year and a half later, occurring in high technology, big technology, high growth areas. So it's all about what's unseen in economics. And government always inevitably is a destructive force when it involves itself in these affairs. Well, Jonathan, thank you for joining me. My guest has been Jonathan Honig of CapitalistPig.com. Well, Jim, I'm always happy to. And, you know, you are such a, among a few rare consistent voices for liberty, for capitalism. So I'm so happy to be able to talk with you and, and hope you're able to do it again. I hope so, too. Uh, do I need to call a different number or is this number okay? This number is the best and I'll be much more alert this time. I'm so sorry. It was last yeah, minute, but we'll do it again. Yeah, but it was some, I won't make a last minute next time. Thanks, Jonathan. Good. We'll put it, it in the book. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Take care. Well, I won't back and I won't back down. I'll always stand for a smaller, no, leaner, less intrusive government. You can stand me up. Thank you, everybody. See you next week.